For this week's podcast, we have teamed up with Multimam. Multimam breastfeeding compresses were created with mums in mind. They help provide immediate and soothing comfort for breastfeeding mothers by supporting the body's natural healing process. With nearly 1 in 10 British women feeling uncomfortable discussing their breastfeeding struggles with their partner, it's so important not to suffer in silence. Now, as GPs, we know that if you choose and are able to breastfeed, it can be a natural process, but it certainly doesn't mean it will be easy or possible for every new mum. As with many new mum experiences, breastfeeding is often trial and error. Whether your first time is a breeze, something of a struggle, or somewhere in between, there's always a lot to learn. Supported by the Maternity Nurse Association, multi-mam breastfeeding compresses give direct relief for the discomforts experienced by some breastfeeding mothers, including pain, swelling, and sensitivity. Multi-mam compresses are available to buy online via Amazon Prime, Boots, or at your local pharmacy. We want to chat about drumroll boobies. boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you say it, boobies. Boobies, you're so polite. Uh, I'm like boobies. Boobies. It's all about your boobies. boobies. Boobs. 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 Yeah, it just sounds. Everything just sounds so much better in a Scottish accent. I'm like boobies. Do you think? I just. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I sound. Like like prep school boobies <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> god okay so sorry guys i don't know what's going on with us today the heat has got to us we are professionals we are professionals hello and welcome to the next episode of the medic mum podcast with me dr punham and me dr steph so how has your week been i saw that you went away it looked so beautiful Oh my goodness, our first annual leave in, I don't even know, pandemic times, a long time. (laughs) Which feels even longer. Yeah, oh god, I know, I know. Well, we were supposed to go away abroad to Turkey and that never happened. So instead we split it into going away to London for a week and then we went up to Sky. And having been born and brought up in Scotland all my life, you know, this is it. You kind of holidays come and you just think about going abroad yeah um and because that was taken away we were like well let's explore more of scotland so we went up to sky and the isle of sky which was just absolutely stunning Mm. it was gorgeous and glorious and all the rest of it and i shared all these lovely magical moments like on instagram with my dreamy little music stickers and these little production (laughs) movies i do but i really should have done a hashtag reality reality in the background because i had so many like mum fails (laughs) fails <laughs> so I, tell me not everything just tell me oh I want to know oh my god <laughs> well pretty much I think me and my husband had domestics throughout the whole of it because of how I don't even know if you call it baby brain or if you just call it I don't even know just what's like going on multitasking with me. packing having to go away with kids brain <laughs> yes there's just so much that you need with it's babies mad, and children yeah. and so I know that you are going to be going away very soon mm. and I'm so jealous because you're actually getting to go abroad after all this chat um, but I'm just going to move on from that <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so do not forget whatever you do the sling oh my goodness I forgot the sling the sling the sling and what were we doing we were doing walking we were walking up hills walking up mountains oh my goodness the whole thing was a walking excursion and I forgot the sling and of course Elora chose this weekend that we were away to to grow some molars 
And um, so these bad boys were trying to break through and she was just miserable when she's like this. She's very clingy. It was a new place as well. Mm -hmm. So we forgot the travel cot. Of course, I forgot the travel cot. Um, And then we were in this lovely cottage and it was gorgeous. But of course, I forgot the chair that you have to like, you know, the wee attachment to be able to give her the high chair experience. Yeah. And she's into that, not she, like, you know, she's into that whole I'm Miss Independent, I will eat everything my way or no way. And doing that whilst they're on your lap uh, is not easy. So, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot her wellies. And of course, it's Scotland and it's muddy <laughs> weather and trenches at the best of times. So we've got forgot wellies. <laughs> I forgot her wet. Over, I don't know, actually. Maybe I think I just took my baby in a nappy. Like, what, did, what did you take? <laughs> you managed you managed true, to get actually. there you managed to get everyone there accounted for so, mom, so yeah, that's a mum win. win yeah exactly my children got there they had a good time they came back alive and so all in all it was a mum win uh, do you know what I have I've totally been there as well we've forgotten the sling before we've forgotten the travel cot before and I just think oh, no. because you think that they are these obviously they are very important items that you will never forget but I don't know about you but I get caught up in like the detail because I think maybe Mm. that's just how our brains work I'm like what if we're in this scenario and you know they need this instead so I better pack that as well and you just automatically think that you're going to take the other stuff you're like you're like it's a given but um yeah yeah, you you end up forgetting it this yeah the sling we when my littlest was like when she was really remember when she was like eight weeks old we went round ikea very exciting oh god no and and we forgot the okay sling. that's bad i know because like ikea obviously you need hands to pick everything mm. up and um you know you want a bit of browse a bit so we're just like walking around with this baby and obviously you have this massive mum guilt don't you that everyone's like oh my god they're looking at me they know i've then they know we've gotten the sling they're probably thinking you know so dangerous for her to just be holding this baby and so i was obviously really worried as well because she was so small still that i would trip over or something like that and that she wouldn't be protected so I was like you know just walking around really carefully um obviously no one said anything and people were just like oh she's so cute how old is she like she's got great hair and you know they weren't being no, judgy just at left all. the hospital <laughs> two hours ago <laughs> yeah. I forgot the sling I know I'm really bad um we're here to buy a sling <laughs> yeah Ours like a good one. Yeah, uh, those blue bags—they're like you know, like a. Those, oh God, brilliant! Yeah, those things that you know when the health visitor comes to weigh them, or the midwife yeah, comes to weigh them, it's like that thing. Yeah, exactly. We should have just put her in that. Um, oh. So we've done that before, so I know how that feels. And we've also forgotten the travel court as well. When we went to stay at my in-laws. We remem- I'm so remembered, remembered like feel... the sleepy head thing, but the travel court we forgot. So we were like, oh, do you know you make me feel better because I think this is it. You like we had. Had, um, when I say domestics, it was funny now that I think about it, but my husband was like, I mean, bearing in mind Scotland, yeah, we've had some kind of decent weather this week, but generally it's cold, right? The water in the beaches mm. are gorgeous, but they're cold. Mm. My husband was like, you brought her swimming costume <laughs> and you didn't bring her wet, like waterproof coat <laughs> or her wellies. And he's like, why do we have, like, I literally took her entire collection of ribbons and bows. <laughs> and he's like, we have an entire shop worth of bows, but we don't have a sling. I was like, yeah, you know, she needs to look good in the photos. Exactly. Um, no, well, this is my, I mean, the detail. You're like, well, if it's really hot, then maybe she'll want to go in the water. So you've got to bring her swimsuit. This is what I'm talking about. You like never those know. scenarios that you kind of start thinking out and then 
maybe she loses some bows. You need more bows. So you need more bows. Yeah. Like she pulls them out. But honestly, <laughs> it was so comical, like doing this with the fact, you know, climbing this like crazy mountain. And because I'd forgotten the sling and I was like all up in my, you know, the ego comes on. I was like, I can carry her. It's fine. Oh, like, gosh. you know, you don't, don't lose, your, don't lose sweat over it <laughs> to my husband. And I'm like, literally perspiring like some crazy person and she's she's at that stage she's now 16 months almost and you know she wants to walk but she can't Mm. walk more than a few steps without falling or picking up a stone and wanting to put that in her mouth and so then or the tantrums which you know it's the full-on exorcist movements where she just like flails everything backwards and you're trying to carry and people are like hiking past you and you're like we're fine I'm fine you know let me just sing another song here's another organics crisp that you can stick in my ear oh brilliant let's keep going we're fine where's your swimming costume let's get your swimming costume out I think you might need a bow to go with that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was, um, yeah, you know, the trials and tribulations. Well, you know what, we never would have known from your stories, Poonam, because it looked like you would never have yeah, known. It looked know like it was know. all totally under control. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Oh. Instagram versus reality. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, oh, but yeah, dear. you know, good to know that, like you said, uh, I we're not the only ones as well that have forgotten key essential items. So also for anyone listening who has also done the same thing, <laughs> do not worry. We are in the same boat as you. And if anyone else is about to go away remember the sling and remember the travel remember the sling. and equally if you have forgotten anything that you know is funny or you've got a funny story about it then please do let us know we love hearing from you yes exactly and we will try and read some of them out next time just because some of them are just they're just so funny just to, so funny yeah. to read <laughs> But right, moving on to things that you shouldn't forget about. Smooth yes. transition there. Love inspired this. by you. I think you gave me the idea earlier. Is your drum roll boobies. boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you say it. Boobies. Boobies. You're so polite. Boobies. I'm like boobies. Boobies. It's all about your boobies. boobies. Boobs. 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 Yeah, I boobs. Think it just sounds, everything just sounds so much better in a Scottish accent. Like boobies. Do you think? I just yeah, I feel like I, I feel sound... like I'm in like prep school. Boobies. <laughs> you know. <it's> like, <laughs> God. Okay. How old? So are... sorry, guys. I, know. I don't know what's we going are... on with us today. The we heat are... has got to us. We are professionals. <laughs> we are professionals. Um, but yes, we want to chat about um, about boobs. So changes that may happen during pregnancy or breastfeeding things that we see that are common in breastfeeding so things like mastitis nipple thrush um and then also another really important thing is we want to talk about how to examine your breasts as well um just in general but then also anything to be aware of when you're breastfeeding um and actually punam you are an ambassador aren't you for copperfield people um which are an incredible charity so also very apt that um you are here today to share your knowledge with us yes <laughs> but it is important you know I know that we kind of had a wee laugh there but I think just for all of us that you know we've got breasts boobs pecs you know we've all got them yeah. and it is so important and we can't emphasize it enough of how important it is to get to know what your normal is mm-hmm. 
and your normal will be different to mine's it'll be different to Steph's it'll be different to your best pals your next door neighbours you know we've all got very different boobs you might have ones that are large small one bigger than the other one that looks slightly different to the other all of these things are very normal but the key thing is getting to know what is normal for you and the, and the best way to do that is to actually start checking yourself mm-hmm. and I think that historically we're just not, we've never been really empowered to do it we've never really been taught to do it and I think it's something that really needs to be taught to to children from a, a young stage you know when they're having all those kind of chats and they're entering secondary school or latter end of their primary schools about their bodies changing and sex and all that stuff but actually what they should really be taught is how to examine your breasts and how to examine your testicles for men, you know, Mm -hmm. and just getting to know what's normal. Because the key thing is when you become apt at doing that, the tiniest of change, you will pick that up really quickly. And when it comes to things, of course, like breast cancer, which is really important and is one of the leading causes of death amongst women, you know, worldwide, but especially in the UK, we need to get better at identifying early changes because the sooner it's caught, the better, the earlier the intervention, the better the prognosis, i.e. survival. So the the things that Steph and I, we both advocate is, you know, feel on the first, on the first of every month, set an alarm, set a timer, anything that's going to just ping to let you know I shouldn't use the word ping in COVID times <laughs> use the word ping. but something that just basically alerts you to know what it, that it's time to check your breasts mm-hmm. and it's so simple to do in that there's no right or wrong way of doing it in front of the mirror lying down in bed in the shower is just putting one hand over one of your breasts and you know in a clockwise manner if you can or just generally having a feel making sure that you're covering all the different you know think of your breast as quarters and making sure that you go around all the quarters making sure you check in behind the nipple um, into the armpit because people often forget that breast tissue actually extends all the way into the armpit and along your collarbone you also want to get better at looking at your breasts noticing is there any changes do they look different are there any changes to the nipples which you know in pregnancy lots Lots of changes happen, which we're Mm -hmm. going to go into. And after we've had our babies, lots of changes happen to our breasts. If you're breastfeeding, again, lots of changes happen. My goodness, we are just constantly evolving, but actually getting to know the journey of your boobies um, throughout all those different phases is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And also your breasts will change during those times that you mentioned but also um, sometimes according to your menstrual cycle depending on where you are some people will typically notice um, that they have soreness or tenderness in the lead up to their period or that their boobs may feel a little bit more kind of in quotation marks lumpy Um, that is also you know that can happen too and so that's why it's really important to feel to get to know them as you said um but also get to know them at different stages as well so you know feeling on the first is quite a good um time but also you know any other time if you want to if you want to have a feel you know be empowered and go for it um i think that um yeah like you said you know in the shower you know your clothes are off your bras off anyway it's just a great time to have a look have a quick look in the mirror um before you get in so specifically looking for any skin changes or um any change in shape um any nipple changes as well um and then like Purnam said you're kind of having a feel and I think the key thing is as well is that 
from speaking to patients and asking them about breast examination and you know whether they do or what is it that maybe they're worried or anxious about I think what a lot of people say to me I don't know if you'll find the same Poonam is that they're kind of worried about what happens if they find something you know they're kind of Mm. scared about finding something and I guess what I you know what I tend to say to them is that firstly not every lump that you feel is breast cancer there are lots of other causes for lumps within the breast you can have like you know cysts for example um or if you're breastfeeding then um sometimes you may feel like blocked ducts etc um and it's not up to you you know we don't want to put that pressure on you at all to feel like you Mm. have to diagnose yourself that's not that's absolutely not your job what you're meant to do is get to know what's normal for you and if there's something that you feel that you think oh i'm not sure about that haven't felt that before um just get on the phone um you know go and see your gp they will examine you and then they can make that decision for you um so that's just something that i want to kind of reassure people about yeah and there's nothing that we've never seen before and we do these examinations all the time mm-hmm. and remember that if you feel you know whatever sort of gender you identify with you are allowed to ask for a particular gender if for example mm-hmm. if you feel anxious about being examined by a male doctor for example um i think that gone are the days where you know these topics were taboo they're no longer taboo it's very normal very normal part of our body um and we need to just get better at speaking about them so you know when you are pregnant you will notice at different even trimesters changes happening like the first thing that you'll notice is the breasts start becoming maybe a bit sore much like mm-hmm. when you're on your period some women tend to have quite sore breasts but they start to grow in size as well and some women welcome that some women tend to be just a bit anxious about that but it's just to know that all the hormonal changes are what contributes to this and it's all very normal what's happening And by all means, people think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't examine my breast because I'm pregnant now and I'll just kind of leave it be. Absolutely not. You know, our breasts can change, but, you know, disease can develop at any point in your life too. And that goes with if you're breastfeeding or if you're pregnant. Um, So absolutely routinely keep examining yourself and checking that. Now, we don't want to, this episode is not about raising anxiety. Mm -hmm. What it is about doing is just making you understand that your body is your superpower and your ability to examine it is what's going to keep it well Um, and again earliest changes just pick up the phone and get that checked yeah exactly and actually if like you said if there's any time to get to know your breasts it's actually going to be like you know if you're trying to conceive maybe and and you think oh I've never actually felt my boobs before like you know start then and then because all of these changes are happening um you know it's it's good to kind of stay on top of it almost um yeah so yeah you know there are those are you've mentioned some of the things that will happen that you'll notice during pregnancy um and you'll notice like Poon said that you know boobs might get bigger and that's just because um they're getting ready for milk production um once you're actually into breastfeeding as well if that's something that um you are doing then again you will notice that um after you've had the baby you will have a few days where uh, you will notice that your boobs might start to harden as well and that's just because the milk is starting to come in um you may find it it, it 
feels very very strange um, and you'll just suddenly be like what are these like massive rocks that are on my chest um, but that can be very normal um, and then actually as you know if your breastfeeding journey continues then you will notice that over the weeks um, this may start to get better um, and this is just because your milk production will be a bit more regulated kind of your boobs and baby are basically getting to know each other and getting to know how much the baby needs and so your boobs will be able able um, to respond to that um, but still continue to uh, examine your boobs and what you might notice like I mentioned earlier is that you will notice that there can be slightly um, it's like harder areas because of blocked milk ducts but generally what should happen is that you know either with a bit of a massage um, or a warm compress for example those blockages should be alleviated if there is anything that you notice that is persistent um, and maybe feels like a little bit um, unusual and it's just not going away despite all of those measures again that is something to flag up as well I, you know unfortunately again like we said we're not trying to incite panic at all but like Poonam said disease can occur at any time and really you just want to um, you just want to get things checked out um, and we will always yeah. be happy to see you one of the things I remember, um, like you're taught about it at med school and everything, but then when it starts happening to you, uh, you go, what? It's like during pregnancy, your nipples get darker. Okay. Yes, so the, yeah. the, the area that we're sort of the nipple in the surrounding area, we call that areola. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen is during pregnancy, you have lots of different hormones um, being released, but also you have lots of cells that essentially increase the amount of pigment in your body. Um, and it's that increase in pigment that basically causes the areolas to darken. Now, in some women, post-pregnancy and post-feeding, the, the colour may return to normal, but generally that colour can actually stay and you are forever left with darker nipples. Not to be alarmed about that, it's just one of the most beautiful things that happens to your body, mm -hmm. although it can. I remember just being like, I don't know if I want these areolas. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, um, so yeah, if that is a question, perhaps it may be a thought that's gone through your mind. I hope that we have answered that one too. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I know we're talking about boobs but in that same um area in terms of pigmentation you may notice that moles get darker as well yes. um, and they can sometimes change during pregnancy so again keep an eye on any moles as well if you notice that they are getting darker that can certainly be associated with pregnancy but if you notice any change in shape um kind of border um anything like that you'd notice that it's getting bigger then of course um see your gp about that too mm -hmm. I guess the other normal thing, just when we're talking about normal changes, um, your boobs can start looking very veiny, like lots of veins mm. can appear that can almost start towards the end of pregnancy as well, can look quite almost translucent. I mean, mm -hmm. it's for for a lot of us, I remember not really enjoying the appearance of on my breasts towards the end. I was like, this is weird. Uh, but again, everything. Like, glorious thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are just blooming in every way, including <laughs> yeah. all your veins of the body are just blooming it's just like blood flow is wild um and essentially it's all just preparing you know your the, the the as your body is growing it's growing this this life within um you know you need more blood supply to go around and we do become much more sort of just engorged in every other place of the body so if you do start noticing lots of thready veins not just in the legs but also you know across the breast that's nothing to feel alarmed about these these do settle after you've had baby 
Yes, and actually towards the end of pregnancy, you may also notice um, that you can express a little bit of milk if you um, yeah. if you put some pressure on the breast as well. You may get what's called colostrum, which is like a kind of really thick, uh, nutrient-dense um, form of milk. It's kind of the initial milk that you do produce. Um, so again, that's, that is normal too. Yeah, and if you do want to harvest that, you know, there's lots mm. of uh, things online. You can speak to your midwife about how to collect that because that is really, um, as Steph said, nutrient dense. So very good for baby in those first few days. And actually, you can collect that beforehand. Um, what, there is a skill to it. I certainly found that quite tricky to do uh, myself, but uh, nothing abnormal all very part of the normal process yeah I didn't actually do it I have to say um I kind of I think I I almost missed the boat I didn't know you could do it I have to say uh we weren't taught that no you're no. right I, it was something that was mentioned to me and I was like this feels weird yeah um but now it's I think a lot more awareness is around it but again yeah. not very many mums like come across that chat you're right no but like you said there are loads of really good online resources um that can kind of talk you through it as well so um definitely look into that if you're interested so the next thing that we wanted to have a chat about as well is mastitis. So it's kind of leading on from what I was talking about in terms of some of the changes that you may notice in the breast when you are feeding. Like I said, it, it, it can it's normal to kind of notice some blocked ducts every um, every now and again, especially at the beginning. But if there is um, inflammation of the breast tissue um, and then if that progresses to an actual infection, um, then firstly, you will definitely know about it um, and it's called mastitis. And it is very common as well. Like I said, typically can occur um, when at the beginning of breastfeeding. However, I have also seen patients where they've been breastfeeding for, you know, a few months or so and they develop it then. So it is possible. And just because you get it once, um, unfortunately, doesn't mean that you know there is a chance that you can get it again as well yeah and also um I guess just on that note is that even if you're not breastfeeding you can still get mastitis yes yeah um essentially anything with itis at the end means as Steph said there inflammation and markers of inflammation are anything that's hot tender to touch anything that looks a bit red mm-hmm. like that's basically the three things whether that's in your you know and, and it's a good rule of thumb just to remember anything with itis mm. with cellulitis yeah. uh, it's, it's 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 an infection inflammation of that particular tissue or area or organ of the body yeah exactly I think actually what you've said to, that it doesn't have to be associated with breastfeeding is really important as well um so uh yeah in terms of the symptoms like Poonam said um it'll kind of look red might feel uh, warm I feel sore as well um sometimes sore is such an understatement isn't sore, it it's not, have yeah. you had it no oh do god. you know what I'm uh, lucky I haven't uh, yeah You're luckily so I haven't lucky. experienced uh, it but oh my god I know I literally would have had someone cut my arm off I'm so sorry if anyone's not <laughs> I found it so sore um so yeah when Steph said you'll know about it you do and the yeah. problem with me was I left it too late yeah so and I didn't know how to like you know do the self-massage and all the rest of it so I just let it be I was like I ignored the initial like symptoms and signs so I could feel that it was a bit sore I could feel that it was starting to hurt with feeding but I just persisted and of course 24 hours of later mm. of ignoring that it went into full-blown raging pain mm. red tender um so moral of the story is 
don't leave it. If you start to notice these signs early on, is just pick up the phone it, you, and speak to your GP. You can certainly do things like self-massage, um, warm compresses, the good old uh, cold cabbage uh, can, can work as well, <laughs> seemingly. Um, it never worked for me, but then, uh, but as a coolant, it was lovely. Um, but ultimately, um, if those things don't work and you aren't able to kind of um, release any of the kind of if it's a blocked duct that's being the cause but if it is an infection uh, the only thing that's going to work is going to be antibiotics and that will come from your GP so do just reach out for that sooner rather than later so that you can treat that infection because trying to feed through that is really it's a miserable experience for you um, and it can also hinder your feeding but also you know it, it's it's painful and can make you really unwell mm. if we let that infection yeah. spread uh, so make sure that don't do don't do a punum <laughs> don't do a punum moral of the story don't do a punum <laughs> listen to your test don't do a punum <laughs> if we ever do merchandise that is the first t-shirt that we need to do <laughs> Oh, oh my god, I love that. To be professional. So funny, I know. Is it okay to wear that in clinic? <laughs> oh dear. Oh, um, anyway, another thing to also mention is that people worry and say, well, if I've got mastitis, if I think I've got mastitis, what should I do about feeding my baby? You know, if you're breastfeeding, what should I do? Um, you can carry on feeding your baby, don't worry about it. Actually, sometimes um, it can sometimes help because. Um, it will help in terms of flow kind of milk flow through the ducts um and you know there's no worry there's no harm to baby either so please carry on feeding i think that unfortunately i've heard of cases where people have been advised to stop feeding um don't listen to that that's incorrect advice um you can definitely carry on feeding um and then if you really need to then using kind of not if you really need to but you know please don't be afraid of using analgesia as well so things like paracetamol um for pain relief too uh yes and like i said like we said check in with your gp as well and um they should be able to prescribe you some antibiotics and some of them might even actually want to you know bring you in and assess you and have a look at the area that you're concerned about too and check you over um check your temperature blood pressure check if you know make sure that things are stable in some cases if people do become really unwell then they do need to be admitted to hospital sometimes just so that the antibiotics can be given intravenously so through a drip instead of taking orally um but that you know that's not all the time um again so yeah don't be just get to see your gp basically yeah, yeah, absolutely. And certainly from the other things that we mentioned with uh, the breasts is that, so knowing that if you have any um, sort of pain, for example, if you are breastfeeding, if you have recurrent um, sort of you know, issues with perhaps discharge coming from the nipples, anything like that at all that's not, you know, doesn't sound or feel normal to you, then do speak to your health visitor about it. Um, sometimes actually just speaking to fellow mums that are feeding can can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but again, you shouldn't be having things like blood coming out the nipples, anything like that at all. Do, do contact your doctor. Um, and remember, even though you're breastfeeding, do continue to have a, a regular check of your breasts. Um, and that's all perfectly normal. Now, on the topic of 
uh, sort of discharge um, from the nipples some women tend to to develop thrush now you might have heard this you might not have it might be the first time you hear about it is that you the health officer says your baby's got a white coating on their tongue and therefore they're diagnosed with thrush sometimes mums can feel a bit guilty and think oh god have I given this to my baby thrush is very common what it is it's basically a yeast infection and you know what can happen is you can pass that either through sort of feeding to your baby or actually baby could develop it and pass it on to you in any case it's nothing serious it's easily treatable uh, what tends to happen is um, if you've noticed it you'll either get pain tingling redness discharge any of those symptoms on your nipple you might have none of those it might just be simply that the baby's got a white coating You'll be given a treatment for yourself. Usually it's a gel or a cream to put on your nipple and baby will be given either a gel or drops to put onto, into their mouth four times a day. That's essentially the mainstay of treatment and it's easy to manage. So do not be alarmed. Do not be concerned. It's not your fault. It's easy to treat. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important that both you and baby get treated at the same time as well. Otherwise, then you risk just kind of passing it back and forth between each other. Um, and again, because you're putting the cream on your nipple, again, some people worry, you know, what about if baby's feeding? Um, it's perfectly safe for baby to have that cream. What sometimes people like to do more practically is that you apply the cream after you finish the feed, just so then there's a little bit of a longer um, interval time um, until the next feed. But it's perfectly fine to use and carry on feeding as you normally would exactly and remember just simple basic things as your breasts change throughout your pregnancy throughout sort of feeding if you're feeding and even postpartum you know it takes several several months really for your body to to settle back into its own natural rhythm again we're continue to do, sort of release lots of different hormones during pregnancy as well as after birth um do you know ensure that you are wearing the right bras like some simple things like underwear mm-hmm. matters so get yourself fitted I know during the pandemic it's been really hard as, mm. and I don't know if you'll feel the same Steph like how as mum's gone through you know lockdown where you've just had to order a million bras in the hope that something might fit <laughs> um you you realize all these little things actually make a big difference and it's only when those luxuries of just being able to pop in and have somebody measure you up and recommend what a good nursing bra or you know a postpartum bra would be it's just make sure that you're just generally keeping your breasts looked after and healthy <laughs> yeah no absolutely do you know what i find after pregnancy um with the two little ones I just, I find it really hard to go back to underwire. It's just not as comfortable. Like, what oh happened God, to the, like, nice not. soft t-shirt bras? Yeah, just, my, my honest, bra situation is completely like... different now. <laughs> yeah. I think, to be honest, if I could, if I could just live in, actually, maternity pants and maternity leggings oh, for the rest of my life, I'd be yeah. such a happy person. Yeah, like exactly. Like, those high-waisted, like, bump covering, but now I actually just feel smugly... Smuggly, snuggly, snuggly. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I have just admitted I still maybe wear my pregnancy pants. <laughs> Do you know what? There was something about I actually have that now because before. Okay, this might be getting like too much information, but in terms of like pants, <laughs> you know, I during pregnancy obviously you wear like more high waisted stuff and like everything covers the bump. And now, like going back to regular pants, I'm like. 
yeah I'm like no why why are things not covering like the majority yeah. of my tummy so I'm there like exactly. searching for high-waisted briefs that don't look like granny pants um but that's just oh, no, what my, I yeah, find no, I'm all for the granny pants <laughs> love the granny pants I think like if I could it would just be like a onesie if I could actually just underneath oh, yeah. yeah I do need yeah. a onesie. we digress we digress we're so okay. sorry yeah. Um, but yeah if you are also wearing maternity clothes long after maybe eight years after your child has been born then um do do share it with us you know we <laughs> to always know that we're not the only ones exactly. that are doing this um, but we do hope that this episode you know was helpful to you we tried to cover some of the common things that we see um and i hope that the moral of the story really that you have got from this is that you're going to be checking your breasts your boobs your pecs your chest um <laughs> regularly and hope that you know that it's okay to just get a double check if you're worried about anything at all exactly and also uh we did do a couple of episodes if you want to have a listen to them um we focused around our breastfeeding journeys and then also had a chat with our lovely friend stacy zimmels who is a lactation consultant so go and have a scroll back um there are a couple of episodes there that might be helpful to you to listen to as well we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and if you did we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and review on apple but until next time bye bye changes that may happen during pregnancy or breastfeeding, things that we see that are common in breastfeeding, so things like mastitis, nipple thrush, um, and then also another really important thing is we want to talk about how to examine your breasts as well, um, just in general, but then also anything to be aware of when you're breastfeeding.